0: Welcome back to Yard 1230, the podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of only 12 questions and ideally under 30 minutes. Uh, This week we are thrilled to be joined by Dennis Riley. Dennis is the founder of Goals to Results. He's been a business owner for 28 plus years and he helps small business owners achieve goals that are currently out of their reach and improve profit margin. Dennis, uh, we are very excited to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you to be here. Yes, uh, I'm, uh, I'm happy myself. Uh, I want to start kind of there, that uh, helping owners achieve goals that are out of reach, what is most commonly, or what do, what do you see most often is, is the reason these goals are out of reach? Are they unrealistic? Are they not well planned for? Are they, uh, you know, something else? Why is that the case with the clients you're working with? There's usually barriers in the way. Um, and that that to me is the
1: number one thing. There's either barriers. And sometimes it's themselves and sometimes it's other things. Uh, so basically what happens is that they're trying to get a goal and there's something in the way that usually sometimes it's, it's they're not going after the right goal. And it's almost like a, having being a squirrel with nuts. They drop one nut to pick up another nut. And so because they don't have a plan in place that th- sometimes they are the barrier. And then there's other places where then they aren't the barrier, but they aren't gathering the data properly to see what patterns they can do to go around the barrier.
0: Right, a lot of interesting stuff there. First, I want to start with wrong goal or themselves being the barrier. Those probably are difficult. If not, you know, they're certainly not easy conversations. How do you how are you successful at having those or any, any tips or advice you have for anybody who's have, trying to have a similar type of conversation?
1: Sure. The first thing that I do is I always talk about, okay, what do you want to do in three years? And most people give me a deer in the headlights look when I say that, because I'm like, look, where you want to be three years from now, where you want to be a year from now, forget about what you have to do this week. Let's start there. And I usually say to people, if you're a driver of a car, you don't get in a car and start pulling the engine and start going off and going, where am I going? I don't know. I'll just keep driving. You always have a destination when you get in a car. Same thing with whether it's life, business, whatever. What's your destination? And if you don't know your destination, how are you going to be successful? And so that's what happens is that, is that a lot of times we're running, especially in a business, you're running around with your head cut off, trying to do all these different fires. And you're like, wait a minute, what am I really doing? And once you figure out where you want to be, then what I usually do is backtrack people and say, Okay. If you're going to get this in this year, that means you have to do this each quarter. That means you have to do this each month. That means in this month, you're going to have to do these these four things this week. And it it goes all the way down to there. And once they do that, then it's okay. let's start going after the goals. And then that's when we say, okay, tell me what your business is like. Tell me what things are in the way, what's working, what's not working. How do you gather your data? Have you ever seen your data before? all that stuff I start to do. But again, it's like getting into a car. I'm not getting in a car if someone doesn't know where they're going.
0: That's a great analogy, because uh, there, there there, are a few times you do take the wheel and the uh, destination is unknown. So that's that I think is really smart. So is the uh, three-year timeline, I think, because it's long enough away where there's a lot that can still happen, but it's still close enough where you're gonna get an answer. So uh, I think that's the perfect starting point, especially the way you break it down uh, into even weak increments afterward. Uh, You did mention data and in doing a little bit of of homework for this, I I saw data strategies and systems as things that you kind of leverage to help your clients. Uh, I find that uh, nobody really wants to talk about data and systems, even though they really are the the driver for most, especially small business success. How have you been uh, successful in in talking to your clients about leveraging these things, using them and uh, not, not talking about them?
1: Yeah, see, I come from a background of uh, of computer science, and I was a programmer. In fact, my first company, I was a, uh, I, I ran a company, uh, small business development, um, software development. And what happens? We created software. In, in fact, this was before the internet. Yes, there is a world before the internet, but yes, we created <laughs> software. And uh, and I realized when I was talking to the people who were the small business owners who, who we were doing the software for. I just started asking him questions. Where are you gonna use this software for afterwards? Where are you gonna do this? Where are you gonna do that? And how you, how is this gonna work with your business? And the more and more I started to hear this I realized that creating a, a software program is just like running a business. Meaning uh, when you create software the first thing you have to do is what's the end goal in mind, which we just talked about. And then you reverse engineer everything back. And that's what I do with it. And you have to look at the data. A lot of business owners are looking at, there's so many, on the average, it's like seven to eight different things that you're logging into to get your data. Whether it's your QuickBook, whether it's your CRM, whether it's your Google Analytics, whether it's uh, some of these other things, no one wants to go into seven different places to get data. So you know what they do? They don't look. Well, they have someone else look and they don't really know what they're looking at. And so what happens is what I usually do right away at my clients is I say, okay, I don't want your user IDs and passwords, but I have a software tool that I give them and they connect to all their different things. And then I start to go into the data portion and I grab these things out. Cause I say to people like, you know, we, everyone, when they, when they run a business, they look at what's their revenue, what's their expenses, what's their profit. If all you're looking at is revenue, you'll probably be behind the eight ball by the time that revenue goes down. And so I don't want to look there. To me, that's a byproduct of everything. I want to look at the things you do to get revenue. When you look at the sales, when you look at the marketing, how many leads do you get per day? What's your close rate? How many calls do you have to wait? What do you do with your digital marketing? All those different things, when you look at that data from the source, when things are going wrong, you can catch it quickly.
0: That's a, that's a great example, and I, I do want to get into the uh, background in software, especially in a world prior to the internet, because if you say it exists, I'll believe you, but I don't know <laughs> if everyone will be so kind. Um, but I, I was going to ask, you know, small businesses, lots of different backgrounds, is there a niche that you find yourself most commonly working with, or that you like to work with most, or what's, what's the best fit for you? Sure, I'm definitely...
1: Uh from the service provider realm. Like I said, when I was doing the software, when I do help uh, businesses, um, it's more of the, uh, the service stuff of things. Um, so it's service provider. So any person who does a service provider, that's my niche. And it usually turns out that the more creative they are, the better I can work with them because they don't want anything to do with analytics. So what happens is I can come in from the analytical side and ask those questions that I just asked and they don't know the answers to. It. And I said, well, let's get those, those answers for you first. I always like to say to people, no one goes into business um, to run a business. You don't go, you know what, I'm gonna start a business today cause I love running a business. No one does that because no one, it, it's tough running a business. Most people go in because they have what I call their zone of genius. It's something that they do that they can provide to a customer that they're really good at. And what happens is most times is that a lot of other things in the business wears people down. And their zone of genius, they don't get to work on as much as they have to because they're working on their business. And what I want to help people do is to get people more in their zone of genius and let me help with the background stuff to get you caught up.
0: When you explain it that way, it sounds so simple that I I would find it hard to believe that anybody would say no. I don't want to do that. But what what type of objections do, do you hear sometimes when, when you try to, you know, try to engage a small business owner who may be you know spending too much time either in the business or not enough working to strengthen the business itself?
1: Great question. Because most business owners think they can do it all themselves. I was one of them. And like I said, the good news is, is I have what I like to call two lives in business. I had the software business that actually ran for 20 years. Okay. It started in 1994 and it went for 20 something years. Halfway through that, I realized that I could also help business owners. So I had two businesses at once. I had the consulting end and the software side of things. Um, When I was running the software side of things, I thought I had to be in every single meeting. I thought I had to make every single decision. I had 10 people working with me. So I had a company of 10 and I thought I was supposed to be into every single business meeting. And what happened is I ran around, my head cut off. And I ran around as a firefighter mode. And the interesting thing is, and I always tell people, what do you think about firefighter mode? They're like, oh my God, I gotta put this fire out, this fire out. I say to them, I said, do you know firefighters aren't in firefighter mode 24/7? They 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 go to work, whatever their shift is, and most of the time they spend at the firehouse. And then there's an alarm, and then they go put it out, and then they come back. So they're not in firefighter mode 24. So if 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 firefighters are in 24-hour firefighter mode, why are you in 24-hour firefighter mode? And to me, I say to people, okay, there's a reason why you're in firefighter mode all this time, and it's not working for you now, I can help. You know, let me help with the overwhelm, the stress and stuff like that. Because usually the reason why people are overwhelmed because of lack of control. And the interesting thing is a lot of people out there, there's a lot of things that are out of your control and and there's also a lot of things that are in your control. If you can figure out the things that are in your control, then you have more time when things are out of control to analyze it. If the things that are in your control are out of control, you have no shot at when the outside world throws something at you because you're too busy fighting things that should be in your control. And so I am one of the stubborn people in the world, and it took me a while to figure out, you're right, I do need a second pair of eyes.
0: This episode of Your 1230 is brought to you by Accomplished RE helping real estate agents achieve time, location, and financial freedom. That's a, it's a, both a colorful and terrifying example, as, as you mentioned, when things can start falling apart, uh, you know, you mentioned you're just self-described as stubborn. I'll ask you there, did you have an aha moment or a moment when you realized if I keep running around like this or I keep putting out fires all the time, something's going to fail, something's going to catch fire, or I just need to stop doing this? Was th- Was there something that stuck sticks out, as I ask?
1: Yeah, actually there was, and it was, it was profound, scary, and all the above. Um, I lived uh, next, it, what happened was is that even before working from home, I got to work from home sometimes, you know, and I didn't. So, you know, you know, I wasn't, it was probably like a 45 minute commute to the office. And so sometimes I stay at home and I, and I would do work. And there was one time that I was working on something. I was so frustrated. Things were just going, like I said, I wasn't overwhelmed. And I said, you know what? I just have to go for a walk. And I get up and I went for a walk and I went outside and I went down this road that I go down. I lived there, like I said, for 20-something years. And I would go down there every day, but on a, in a car. And it was next to a cemetery. And I am not telling you a lie here. This is weird. <laughs> when I was walking by the cemetery, it was a cloudy day, and then it started to be sunny. And there was like a shining of a, um, over in the cemetery. The sun was just peeking through the clouds. And I look over, I said, no way. I ran across the street. There was a grave. There was a, a tombstone with my last name on it. Wow. And that just knocked me out of my tracks cuz I went if I do, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to end up here. And it really was uh you talk about brick hitting the head moment, <laughs> that was a brick hitting the head moment and I said and then I started saying how can I do this? What am I going to do? And then I started to research some things and I started to learn about systems and all that stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I did systems with my software. Why aren't I doing it with my, with my company? And then things started happening. And then I got, just like I tell people I should be your second pair of eyes. I got second pair of eyes and I've been doing it ever since. I don't do this alone. I have a, a business consultant as well that I use for my business. So You know you just can't walk the walk you have to talk to talk You walk and talk at the same time it's like i don't tell people what to do and i don't do it myself so when those two things happened honestly things changed amazingly because like i said now i got things in control that i was going to be in control of and then like i said we're not fortune tellers so we don't know what the outside world is but we're ready for that when it happens
0: well, I think we can all be confident that, that there are a few people out there who knows what's happening next or you know, have any idea. So that, that's, that's a, it's a good company to be in. Uh, but that, that's just a, really you know, another good example of you know if, if, if this doesn't stop or if I don't change paths, that this is going to end poorly. So uh, thank you for, for, for that story. Uh, But you mentioned the second pair of eyes and before I I, I promise I'll ask you about uh, your software background, but the second pair of eyes is interesting uh, because you're certainly right. we all need them. How have you found uh, to have a good fit for that second pair of eyes, a partnership, or what types of things have you seen work as far as either personality, backgrounds, working styles, what works for you and what works for your clients?
1: Yeah, great. See, I'm definitely the type of person that I like to roll up my sleeves and I'll jump in the foxhole to help out uh, my clients. But they have to be willing to help. And they also have to be willing to accept change. Because, uh, you know, here's the one thing that, that I've seen out there that I will never do to my clients is when we, especially when they first start meeting with me, when they first start meeting with me, there's a list of things that has to be done. I don't give them the list and walk away and say, see you next week, Uh, save time next week, let's see how you're doing. The worst thing you can do is give an overwhelmed person more stuff. So what I like to do is take things off someone's plate and then put in the new stuff. So, for example, if I find out that, look, we need to research your competitors, we need to research some things, we need to collect your data, they're not going to do that. So I'm like, you know what, I'll jump in, help you out with that. And then that gets that off your plate and then we'll make the system together and then we'll find the data together and then we'll then then we'll start making this process go and then it starts to get more control and then slowly but surely we take things off the plate and so that's how i do things and then at the same time i look at this at that person's plate because nine times out of ten they're doing way too much that they can delegate and they don't. most people don't delegate
0: why not? Why Why do you think people are, are holding back? I think I have oh, that's idea, a great. Th- I, would, I love
1: it. that. I love that question because here's the thing. Most people, when I ask them, I said, you know what? You have, let's say, you have a, a person, or you need to hire a person, or something like that. I said, why don't you have this person do it? Instantly, they say, I can do it quicker. And I'm like, well, why can you do it quicker? And they say, oh, because I know the process. And I'm like, well, why don't you teach the process to someone else? No, it takes too long to teach them. The first thing I do, in fact, if you know, nowadays with Zoom, Zoom is great. I tell them, you go on your own Zoom call, hit record, and I want you to tell the process in your head. And they're like, why am I doing that for? I said, because that's now a training vehicle for the next person that you're going to have do this task. And that they don't have to come back and forth and ask you, what do you mean by this? What do you mean by this? It's all right there. So now instead of having someone come in with a notebook and taking notes, you give them this video and say, okay, this is, the, this is the five steps I need you to do to get this task done. And If you have any questions after watching that, yeah, I can help you, but they should all be answered. And if they come back with questions, you modify the video to make sure that those questions are answered because it's not gonna be this person, it's gonna be two or three other people who are gonna be watching this video. And so right away nice. when people say, I can do it myself quicker. Right then and there, I get well. There's a system.
0: Uh, that, that's a great answer, especially the modification to the the, the training video piece because it's it's one you're going to get pushed back you're doing the video in the first place. You make it easy for them, and then it's like, well, if they're going to have questions, like, well, you know, it's kind of that continuous process. Well, we're going to just keep making it better. We're going to keep eliminating those questions because if someone has someone has it, somebody else is going to have it. So just eliminating it from popping up. Uh, but, you know, I, I joked that there was a time before the internet. I certainly was uh, using computers and PCs well before we were online. Um, how did you get involved in software? What was the, the draw for you to get in that line of business to start with?
1: Sure. It, it was funny. I, would, I remember in uh, high school, we were filling out uh, applications for colleges, and they said, what's your major? And everyone was saying, oh, computer science. So I said, all right, I'll do that. And I took computer science. <laughs> and most of the people around me dropped out. Uh, they went to another major because they didn't like computer science and I actually liked it. So I'm like, all right, do this. And so what happens is that's how I started it. And I really, especially when we learned back then is like, the first thing we learned is problem solving. You know, how do you gonna get from point A to point D or whatever that's a problem solving that it doesn't matter what language I use. So I can code in whatever language. It's kind of funny when someone says, hey, I don't know this language. I'm like, so if you know how to problem solve, and you know the concepts of coding, it's a, uh, the language is just a tool. And so once you get that, and so I hope that when, I don't know nowadays, but when they're teaching uh, software development, I hope they still talk about problem solving because that is such an amazing thing to use, not only in coding, but running a business. You know, I always say every problem has a solution. You might not like the solution, but every problem has a solution. And sometimes, like I said, sometimes the problem, the solutions are you need to walk away because this isn't going to work. That's a solution. You know, it might not be the one you want saying, no, 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 there's an answer to this. Well, maybe there's not. That's a solution. The solution is there is no answer. So once you know in your mind that there's a solution to something, you either walk away, or you go deeper and so most people when they try to find a problem they 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 look searching for a solution they have trouble finding a solution. It's like well maybe that it's not the solution you want and you gotta think outside the box and say okay let me look at this from another angle and then most of the time you will get a solution and so once you do that in anything in life once you figure out that you have a problem on your hands you know the solution you have to find out a can i do i know the solution can I learn it? Do I give it to someone else?
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that as well, because as, as we find out, we progress through our careers that pretty much most of what we're doing, regardless of fields, company size, background, that there there are problems. How well can we solve them? How quickly can we do it? Is it scalable? Is it something that we can eliminate from happening in the future? Can we fix it when it breaks again? That's all. That's really really the basis of a lot of the things that we do. And, you know, it sounds like you've got a very strong foundation of that. And that's one thing that you do up front and then continually with your clients. Uh, Go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say that uh, I, I, yes, but the interesting thing is, especially I see more and more people in the business world. There aren't, they're having trouble with the problem solutions. So if you can do that, you could probably go ahead of your competition because they're still putting out fires and you're doing solutions. So that's why I like to say, hey, look, you really gotta know about this problem solving because if you can figure this out, chances are you can go ahead of your competition. And that's, what I, that's why I say that you can achieve the goals that you're trying to go after. Because once you figure it out, you can not only, like I said, you can also look at your competition and say, What am I doing differently that they cannot figure out? And there is your edge that you can maybe go ahead of your competition because you figured it out without being in firefighter mode.
0: And that's a really good answer to my previously poorly worded question about asking how you get around data and systems with small business people, because they're going to tell you, I'm already too busy for that. But if you, painted it in a way that it benefits their business, puts them ahead of their competition and takes things off their plate. Ultimately then it's like, aha, okay, I could, uh, that might, that might work for me. That might work for us. Uh, so yes, well said. Um, I'd like to go back to the title of your company goals to results. Good story behind that. Or how did you land on that title? Um, <laughs> it got to a point that it was, it really was simple.
1: If you start with the goals, then you, you go to the results. And I, and I always. Even even the logo. In fact, someone said to me, the, you know, you have to modernize your logo. I'm like, no, I don't. It's an arrow. I'm going from start to finish, <laughs> you know. Yeah, fine. I can move the arrow forward to up, whatever. But it goes to results, says it all. I mean, that really is what I do for my clients is I get them results. And like I said, I'm not saying that I'm a genius uh, person or or I can, you know, you know, go like this and everything works, it's like. If you look at things the a way, the interesting thing I like to say to people is, your business has a fingerprint on it. Just like just like every individual has a unique fingerprint, every business has a unique fingerprint. It their DNA. I call it their data. You know, if you can figure out what your fingerprint is on your business, you can now you can say to yourself, okay, am I going to? Is this the fingerprint I want? to have can i modify it how's that fingerprint versus everyone else i mean so it really is if you look at things that way people aren't looking at things that way so therefore you already have an edge to your competition to your clients because now you can offer more to your clients because i always make sure part of the things in my uh when i talk with people is how are you treating your client what's the client's journey If it's a one and done, why? Why is it a one and done? Why are they not going to come back to you? Is there some other services that you can give them that will keep them coming back? Or maybe you have, there was one time that this person had too uh, uh, too many services for so many people that they were spread thin, and I got them down to two or three services, and their business just skyrocketed because now they started to be a niche player. And now they could go back and forth with that niche and keep going up. And so I really look to see is what is the customer's journey? What are you offering people? I really look at that because if, it, if you're just offering average stuff, you're not going to go far. You know, you got to give value. I always say to my clients, are you giving value to your, your clients? Because if you're not, you are a one and done. And you're not going to get to the goals you want to do. You got to give them value. And then once you give them value – then the price will come.
0: You mentioned there that you're not a genius. I'm gonna. I'll challenge you on that, and by, I'll do so by asking where Where is your zone of genius, or you know, adopting your term? What, what, what? Do, I think it's pretty clear, but if you could just spell it out for our listeners, what is your zone of genius?
1: My zone of genius is I. I am an out of the box thinker. So it's kind of funny. I remember I was talking to someone that I haven't seen in about 20 years just recently, and we were talking about uh, something. And I said, you know what's interesting? I said, if I go up to a house and there's a crowd there and the door is locked, many people will just stare at that front door and go, oh, it's locked. I don't know what to do. I will try every single window. I will see if I can find a ladder. I'll climb onto the roof. I will see if there's an opening there, and I'll get in a darn house if I need to get in. And so I don't just okay, this is the path that I have to take. I And that's why I that's why I think I'm really good with my clients because I don't go in with a, a template. I don't go in saying, oh yeah, I help this type of person or this type of business. I'm like, if you know your business, give it to me. And then I'll poke holes at it. And not in a mean way, but I'll poke holes at it. And then nine times out of 10, we'll find things with that business that needs to be solved just by poking holes at it.
0: Another sterling visual that uh, uh, in case anyone, you know, wasn't sure if you get the job done, that no, no window left unturned, no, no chimney left, uh, left uh, uninspected. Well, somehow we are coming up on time already, uh, but I I did want to ask at least one, we'll we'll start here. Where is a good place for our listeners to find you if they want to connect directly or learn a little bit more? Sure.
1: Definitely my website, Goals to Results um it's those and you go there and it pretty much uh you get to see a video of me and we just talk about a lot of things that we just talked about here um i also have different uh, programs and services that people can look at different resources you know that they can look at to see hey is it a fit and i always 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 like to talk with someone one-on-one to figure out if there really is a good fit
0: so we'll certainly post uh links there or in the show notes uh, when you are not improving businesses or trying to break into locked homes, what do you do for fun, Dennis?
1: Uh, I, um, I love spending time with my family. I have a, a wife and two kids, both out of college, and we uh, just have fun together. And also, um, I love going to baseball games. Love going to baseball games. I About eight years ago, I said to my son, let's see if we can hit all 30 parks. And we are now at 20 out of the 30 major league ballparks that we've been to. And we just Life. get in a car sometimes, sometimes we fly, sometimes we drive, and then we watch baseball.
0: Well, I wanna thank you for continuing my streak. Sometimes I will use this question toward the end of the interview and I have completely buried the lead where something that we should have talked about for much longer than a couple of minutes comes up. So I'm gonna, what was the last park that uh, you two saw? The last park that we saw was um, St. Louis. What would you think? I've actually been there, so I'm interested in your thoughts. I
1: like St. Louis. St. Louis is a good park, and the people are amazing. You know, I you know, it just it was a fun park. I mean, there was some like you know, being from uh, Boston, Fenway. I love Fenway. Wrigley was amazing because Wrigley reminded me of Fenway. Um, And then there are other ones like But it's kind of funny because there's Wrigley in Chicago and then on the south side of Chicago is uh, is um, with the White Sox. I wasn't impressed with that, (laughs) but I guess when you go from, you know, "Ah!" to anywhere else, you're not impressed. But, you know, it's just we have fun, especially now my son's a lot older. You know, he's uh, like twenty four or twenty five. I we pick the park and I will I will go and figure out the route to get there. And he has to pick the food. And so we, he goes, sometimes we do, we always make sure it's, we never go to a, a, you know, a chain restaurant or anything. It's always, always something local. And we found some amazing stuff, especially St. Louis, St. Louis barbecue. Holy moly. Kansas City barbecue. (laughs) Holy moly. You know? So, yeah, I love doing stuff and I do stuff with my daughter as well. Um, We go to New York every now and then we see Broadway plays and stuff. So, you know, and I love spending time with my wife too. So, you know, I love being around my family and I love watching sports.
0: That's a nice combination. And it sounds like you've uh, had some fun trips and some, some more exciting times ahead. Uh, Last question for me, Dennis, anything I didn't ask you today that I probably should have.
1: Um, no, you. Pre- no, actually, this was a very good uh, interview. I Appreciate, by the way. Um, it's it's pretty much that if someone who runs a business is overwhelmed, and they feel like you know, especially with the uncertainty economy right now, um, if they just want someone to talk to and just bounce ideas off of, because sometimes a small business owner can be a lonely job out there, and so someone who just wants to bounce ideas off of, I'm listening. So you want to have, and usually the first conversation is free. So I have free 30-minute conversation. So if they just, you know, we'll have a Zoom call together. And like you said, the 30 minutes just goes by quickly. And then uh, we'll find out if there's a fit and if I can help you more.
0: Well, I'm sure listeners will take advantage of that because uh, as you've demonstrated here, that uh, you make difficult things seem a little bit easier. And if there's a solution to be had that you are... uh, one to help people find them. So Dennis, thank you for joining us. Uh, This was a lot of fun and uh, I look forward to next time. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time.